All right. Hello, everyone. This is Francesca, and this is episode 16 of my podcast. Let me take you on a psychology adventure. This episode, we're talking about the trance state or hypnotic state and how to use hypnotic language. It is also an episode where you learn how to protect yourself from being manipulated by people, advertisements, music, movies, or anything else, stories that put you into that trance state. And you'll learn in a bit how to do that. But first of all, what is trance? Trance is a naturally occurring state that people often experience in their daily lives. It is a situation in which someone is less sensitive to the external environment, external stimuli, and at the same time has a very focused attention. Some examples are, for instance, when you're reading a book and you're really engaged, or a film, or a game, that you no longer have a sense of time, you no longer hear what is said around you. Or when you drive uh, when you drive your car and you go on the road with your bike or your car, and then suddenly you notice that you missed the whole road, like you missed a long stretch of the road. And you're like, oh, did I already get here? You know, you've gone from school or from work to, to home and you don't even realize when you got there. It's because you are in a trance state. Trance creates beliefs because they go straight to your subconscious and avoids the conscious mind. Music can put you into a trance. People we admire put us into trance. Advertisements put us into trance. Stories put us into trance. A really well-said story puts you into a trance. The problem or the challenge here is that not all trances are useful and ethical. The trance is a tool that can be used in an unethical way. The easiest way to deactivate a trance uh, created by someone else, for instance, is the meta model we talked about in episode seven. So asking questions, why? What do you actually want to say? What do you mean? And paying attention to the information they don't give you. What happens is that when you say something that doesn't make sense or is metaphoric, and we're going to talk about metaphors in a bit, in a bit, your conscious mind starts trying to find logic in it. And while your conscious mind is busy trying to find logic, your subconscious mind is vulnerable and is open to beliefs that can be implemented in it in that moment. There are a lot of songs that use hypnotic language and put us into trance states. And I actually challenge you to listen to the lyrics of the next song you listen to and question the lyrics because otherwise you will take in all those beliefs that the songs claim or contain. As I was saying, metaphors are an extremely useful tool to implement subconscious beliefs. You can also use this when someone has a problem. For instance, I use them a lot with my clients. Metaphors a metaphor is when one thing stands for something else than you are actually that you actually mean. So, for instance, a family argument might be referred to as a knife fight or a nuclear meltdown. 
Metaphor is a powerful method of causing change because our brains have a pattern matching system that automatically finds similarity between different things. If we meet someone we like or dislike on site, the pattern matching of the fusiform gyrus, a part of the brain in, in the brain, has found someone in our personal history that this person reminds us of. Words can do the same thing. When we tell a story that is rich in metaphor, our unconscious mind finds similarities between the story and our own situation at that time. The result might be an instant understanding of a solution to a problem or an insight into our relationships. This is because it's the way of our brain that our brain naturally works. Our subconscious mind works with metaphors or symbols. For example, I had a client uh, a while ago that had a very big fear of failure that was keeping her from starting her own business. By the way, this is the number one thing that keeps people from starting a business, having fear of And the metaphor that I used with her was a child learning how to walk. Even though that child fails hundreds of times, at no point in time the parents say, oh, give up, you're not a walker. They are there for the child until they learn how to walk and they are confident that at some point the child will learn how to walk. They don't say, oh, just give it up, you're not good at walking. This metaphor alone touched her so profoundly that it gave her the confidence to actually start her own business. And it was the easiest way for me to do it. I didn't give her any logical arguments or spend 10 hours of coaching trying to discover the traumas that were keeping her from starting a business or why she had fear of failure. It was just changing her perspective on failure through a metaphor that went directly into her subconscious mind. And you can use this in your everyday life or with yourself even. Some other examples that we use in our everyday lives are metaphors like time is money or the vacation was a dream come true. The weather is like a sauna today. Laughter is the best medicine. She's just a late bloomer. Is there, are you the black sheep of your family? So all these things don't make sense. Literally, they are metaphors. And as I said previously, your conscious mind cannot process metaphors, cannot process symbols. Or we're going to talk in a bit words like happiness, words like sadness. It doesn't understand them because it cannot contain them. It cannot touch. You cannot touch happiness, for instance. If you try to explain something to someone in a logical way, you will only feed their rational part. But don't forget that people are emotional beings. We just use logic to rationalize our emotional decisions. And, you know, you might think you're rational, but I have previous episodes that will show you that we are actually emotional. Symbolism also fits well into the category of metaphors. There are many symbols of the unconscious mind itself that are cross-cultural. For instance, the moon, a pond of still water, a mirror, a forest are all unconscious symbols. 
when we drop them into our stories, the subject's deep mind begins to take notice. Spooky, gothic-style stories are filled with specific symbols designed to create anticipation and tension. This is what makes the stories enjoyable. Also, in a conversation or when telling a story, there are certain phrases that you can use to induce a trance in people. The first thing is to realize um, in, to realize is that conversational hypnosis is happening all the time. You use it every day without even realizing. Just telling someone about your vacation or talking about your childhood will cause hypnotic trance to develop and fade like waves on a beach. That's because, by the way, did you just notice I used a metaphor? That's because trance is a completely normal part of life. We go in and out of hypnotic states all the time. We just don't typically realize it. So is it possible for someone to be in a hypnosis without being relaxed and without having their eyes closed? Yes. That's because hypnosis, especially conventional hypnosis, is a normal part of life. In fact, we often sleep in and out of trance while we are driving, daydreaming, watching television, or a host of other activities. For instance, the word imagine is a trance phrase on its own. As soon as you ask someone to imagine something, you are altering their state of consciousness. This is because they have to go inside and imagine whatever it is that you've asked them to imagine. So if I were to say to you, imagine using persuasive phrases as part of your natural language, you would have to start thinking about how you would be acting when using persuasive phrases. Consider how much more power this would be if I had, if I said, imagine the results you will get when you have learned to slip this phrase into your normal conversation. There are several other words that do a similar job, but the most powerful is imagine. Using this word is very simple and all you have to do is use it as a command with people. Here are a couple of examples. You can use it in sales, for instance, as um, as we talk through the benefits, just imagine how much money you would make by using this product or in training. Here is a list of specific skills we will learn on this course. Imagine what you will be like tomorrow when you have put this into place with your team. Also, the phrase find yourself is another one that can be used easily to take people into a trance. This phrase, this phrase used in this context proposes that you have no conscious control. You just find yourself doing something different. As you read that sentence again, find yourself thinking about how many different ways you can use that phrase. Here is a couple of examples. Parenting. Sit down and start uh, concentrating on your homework and you will suddenly find yourself finishing it really quickly. Imagine how good you will feel when you have done it all. Or in dating. When you consider going out on a date with me, you might suddenly find yourself thinking about how much fun it will be. 
So you see how you can introduce them in sentences. Another one is, if you were to, is a great phrase to build distance for a direct command. With this phrase, you are not actually telling people what to do, but just being hypothetical. This means you can give people direct commands without them noticing. You can use this phrase to wrap around anything that you want people to do and then displace resistance by asking questions. Here is an example. Imagine if you were to use these phrases, can you see yourself already, already becoming more persuasive? I don't know if, if I have to if I have this right and you can imagine a more persuasive you or if you have to go practice before you suddenly find yourself naturally using these patterns. Maybe you didn't understand anything from this phrase, but this is the point. When you suddenly find yourself, and this happens, for instance, a lot in university with teachers, they have a very hypnotic way of speaking. Um, you don't understand anything or when you read a book. You read the whole paragraph and you can't remember what you read or you listen to something for 30 minutes and you can't, and you can't remember what that person said. Those, all those things that you listened to went directly to your subconscious mind. One of the clever techniques is to use what we call the never ending sentence. This just means that once you start talking, you don't stop. You'll pause in the right places and you'll connect your words artfully. But the sentence never actually ends. And it's quite hypnotic. That's because whenever someone speaks to us, we immediately begin attaching meaning to their words. This meaning comes from our understanding based on all that we have learned and our personal experience. When we hear the end of a sentence, it feels complete and resolved. But when the sentence goes on and on and on without resolution, we go deeper and deeper into attempting to find its meaning. An easy way to begin using the never-ending sentence is to link your words together with and thus, and as you read this, and notice when... Um, oh, sorry. I missed it. So the sentence go on and on and on. So an easy way to begin using this, the never ending sentence is to link your words and thus, and as you read this and notice where you're comfortable and as you wonder exactly where this is all going, you can begin to feel more relaxed. And as you might decide to gently adjust your position, it's simple to enjoy feeling very much at ease. This is a great way to send the subject's mind into downtime, into a trance, where there is just as much language to consider, that it's harder to he for him to get this, his head around the meaning of it all. The longer the sentence, the more complex the meaning becomes. There are words like that we can call linkages, words and phrases such as while, because, although, and then, and if and yet are great ways of creating beautifully long hypnotic sentences. One of the most amazing techniques used in conversational hypnosis is the use of embedded commands. Embedded commands are a great way of, suge of getting suggestions into the mind of your subject. Typically, a part of the mind known as the critical faulty acts like the firewall 
on a computer. It prevents information from affecting the subject, much like a doorman keeps unwanted people out of a nightclub or a bouncer, as we say in the UK. Embedded commands are a way of slipping past the man on the door without him even noticing it's happened. The information goes directly into the unconscious mind undetected. Hypnosis, hypnotists believe that the unconscious mind some prefer to say subconscious, stores all of our life experiences and is simultaneously monitoring all of our body system and keeps track of our surroundings. The unconscious mind is much more aware than our conscious minds. And this is where the real and lasting change takes place. Embedded commands function at an unconscious level. Basically, an embedded command is a hidden hypnotic command. It's a fragment that is concealed with a longer sentence. For example, if I wish to direct someone into a trance, I might conceal the embedded command fall into a trance in a longer sentence like, I find myself wondering if it's going to be an easy thing for you to fall into a trance as you sit there. The key to embed a command is to do something known as analog marking. This means to mark out the command by saying it in a way that it stands out from the rest of the words. You might say it's slightly louder than the other words. You might look directly into the eyes of the person person as you embed the command. You might touch the person as you say the command part of the sentence, or you might pause slightly before saying the embedded command. Offering options is one of the most powerful conversational methods you can use. By the way, let me see, because I have a question. What's the main topic? Okay, hypnosis. I didn't even know you can ask questions written. I thought you could just ask them. Okay, so the main topic, I think you got it. It's hypnotic language. Okay, so as I was saying, Offering options is one of the most powerful conversational methods you can use. By offering different ways for the subject to respond, it becomes impossible for him to do it wrong. A highly directive hypnosis might say, uh, your hand is rising in the air, it's rising higher and higher. But if it is doesn't rise, it will be interpreted as a failure or worse, that person might be resistant or a bad subject. A conversational hypnosis offers a variety of options for the subject to consider. She might say, and your hand may rise or sink down even more relaxed, or it may do nothing at all. So something that I use, for instance, to put people into a trance when we do a meditation, I can say, for instance, as you sit on your chair, you might breathe slowly or you might breathe more rapidly. You know, so whatever they, whatever I say, they can identify with it. So it's seen as a success. Notice that in this case, there is no way the subject or hypno the hypnotist can possibly fail. That's because options permit the subject to respond as he sees it. Another one of the methods is this kind of hypnosis um, that, so we talked about this in the meta model and it is using 
something called nominalizations. So a nominalization is a noun that has no physical properties. You can't just put it in a wheelbarrow because it's a concept, not a thing. Examples include happiness, strength, resistance, understand, empowerment, learning, etc. Nominalizations get their power because they mean something different to everyone. If I use the word success, it will mean something different to everyone based on their life experience and their values. What's important to them? For one person, success might mean running three multi-million dollar companies. For someone else, it might mean having a job that they can go to every day. When we salt our conversations, our stories with nominalizations, the person we are speaking with has has to go into inside to apply meaning to the words. As soon as they consider their own meaning, they will experience various emotions as a result. Politicians and corporate executives are widely known for speaking in this way, despite never being formally trained in hypnosis. In the corporate world, it's often called uh, management speak, to use a lot of words while saying essentially nothing or in politics. And it works wonderfully, provided there is a good relationship or rapport between speaker and listener. When someone goes into a trance, they begin to exhibit a lot of what we call external trance indicators or ETIs. There are subtle and not so subtle behaviors and signs that hypnosis is beginning to happen. If you're unaware of ETIs or not looking for them, they'll fly right past you. So for instance, I'll give you some examples. Um, some common things is deeper breathing. So this is how you can tell whether someone is in a hypnosis or not. Deeper breathing or any breathing shifts, twitching muscles, head tilting forward, eyelids fluttering, lower lip may swallow, eyes are unfocused and staring, blink re reflex slows or stops completely, eyes become redder, more red or tearing, slower response to what you say or ask. So a very good indicator is when people start to talk slowly, is that they're more tired or they're beginning to enter this trance state. And by the way, the time of the day when we are most open to being hypnotized or we can manipulate people easiest is at night, is when we're tired. For instance, I remember <laughs> my brother used to do, did this with my mom one time. She was, we were on the beach. I think my mom was sleeping and my brother started telling her, I will buy an ice cream for my son when I wake up. I will buy an ice cream for my son when I wake up. And when she woke up, she literally said, you know, I think I want to buy you an ice cream. And I thought, no, this is not true. She heard him. It's not possible. And I asked her, did you hear him saying that? And she said, no, hear what? And I literally couldn't believe it. Because when we sleep, when we are in a trance state, for instance, and we can implement unconscious beliefs into people's minds. When you see a number of trans indicators, and if you have report, you might only have to 
say eyes closed now and the subject will, it will drop into a trance. So here brings me to a very important point. Report is extremely important if you want to put people into a trance. So report is a sense of connection between the hypnotist and the subject. It causes the person to feel both understood and valued. And I have a whole episode on report. This is not only in hypnosis, this is in having good relationships in general. It's something described as entering the other person's model of the world. So entering on the world of the way they think. One of the most powerful things you can do in conversational hypnosis is to build and maintain strong rapport. People who are in rapport with each other feel connected. It's something that good friends do automatically and naturally. They're, they are in what's known as a, a psychodynamic loop with each other, constantly affecting each other as they interact. They laugh at the same time, they make the same gestures, uh, they have the same posture, and even use the same words. You know, have it, has it ever happened for you and another person to say the same thing in the same time? It's when you have very deep rapport with that person. We say that rapport is the glue that holds and trends together. When we have rapport, we feel similar to the other person and we all who are a lot like us. That's because we see ourselves as normal. Therefore, if someone seems similar to us, they are trustworthy because they are normal too. When you have rapport, the sky is the limit when it comes to hypnosis. And when you don't have it, you'll feel like you're hitting a wall trying to make hypnosis happen. It's not going to work. There are several techniques to gain and maintain rapport. Um, we've already mentioned that people in rapport with each other use the same words. You can use this information by offering back the other person's language without interpreting. If the person says they're feeling overwhelmed by life, you can use those same words a bit later in the conversation to build rapport. This is called pacing their language. If instead you interpret what they say, telling the person that you understand they're feeling frazzled, for instance, you'll, you'll break report in that moment because you interpret them feeling overwhelmed by life as feeling frazzled. It's not the same thing for them. So instead, use exactly the same words they told you, feeling overwhelmed by life. This is when they'll feel report. It's easy to paste all sorts of things. You can make, you can match their posture, head tilt, blink reflex, facial expressions, just about any behavior. The key is to be subtle so they don't consciously notice that you're pacing them because it can get really awkward if they do. By pacing the behavior, you'll build a very strong report. The simplest way to build a report is to pretend that your subject is the most fascinating and important person you've ever met. If you keep doing this, the mirror neurons in your brain will do the rest automatically. That's because when we give someone our full attention with curiosity and fascination, it makes them feel highly valued and listened to, which is a very good thing and something we all want. 
Rapport is so important. It goes way beyond hypnosis. It's actually a vital skill to have a good life. By intentionally building rapport with other people, you'll find that you're liked and valued by others and your hypnosis abilities will soar too. So putting it all together. Oh, by the way, I want to mention when it comes to rapport. Something that most people miss in their life is being truly connected and truly understood by someone, being valued by someone. Most people in our society are narcissists and not in a pathological way, but we're, we all have narcissistic traits. We are egocentric, we focus on ourselves and we don't really care about others. So it's extremely seductive even when, and I'm not talking about only the sexual seduction, but it's extremely seductive when someone puts their attention instead of themselves on us, when they make us feel important, when they make us feel understood and valued. This is actually that we, what we all unconsciously look for is that sense of connection that we had in our childhood to our mother, that sense of union, union of symbiosis. So we unconsciously look for this in our romantic relationships, with our, in our relationship with our friends and so on. So putting it all together, um, so now you know that all conversation is hypnotic to some degree. In order to make it work for you, there are several things to remember. Make sure you have rapport with the subject. A rapport is the glue that holds trance together and without it, your subject won't go into it or stay in trance. Fixate the subject, subject's attention with stories. So... You can tell a story to put them into trance. Add metaphors and symbols to enrich what you're saying. Remember to engage the subject's emotions, which are a gateway to hypnotic trance. So I forgot to mention this. For instance, um, feeling really strong emotions puts you into a trance as well, makes you very susceptible to, and to that person implementing any belief in your mind. So for instance, if you're really, really upset and someone, you know, is there for you, whatever they'll say, they'll, it will get into your unconscious mind without you realizing, even if they're not saying something good. So for instance, your friend, let's say you go to a, to a breakup and your friend is well-intentioned uh, and, you know, they empathize with you and they say, yeah, you know, fuck him. All men are pigs or all women are bitches, you know? In that moment, because you are in such a deep suffering, you will accept that belief and you'll implement it, even though that belief is not productive at all and will influence all of your relationships negatively, you know, because you are in a, such a profound state, you will accept it. So pay attention to that. Also pay attention to the person so you can see the change happening. So the indicators that I was talking about when it comes to going into the trance, you know, dilating pupils, um, talking slower, eyelids falling. So it's kind of like signs of tiredness is the same as going into a trance. Use linkages and never-ending sentences and layer in normalizations and offer options instead of commands. 
Of course, it's going to take some practice to get fluid with conversational hypnosis. You can work with just one or two principles at first and then add others as you become more confident. Also, use everything that I've told you also to protect yourself from being hypnotized by being manipulated. And I would say the number one thing that puts us, puts us into a trance and manipulates us in our daily lives is music. So really pay attention to music, please. Because I've had, I've talked to people that because they listen to a certain sad song a lot of times, they had suicidal thoughts because of that song. And, you know, it's, Sad songs can also help you to connect to that person, to don't, not feel lonely, but, you know, always question the lyrics and pay attention what you listen to. All right, so this was today's episode. If you have any questions, I'll hang around for a bit. And after that, it will be the end of the episode. You can type i've just seen that you can type the questions or you can actually ask them vocally if you have any all right if not then this is the at the end of the episode if you have any questions you can ask me on instagram as well and hope you have an amazing weekend and goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you.